0: Acts chapter 26, verses 16 through 20. Uh, Again, I'll be reading from the basic uh, English version from the topic, as you see on the board, uh, the invitation of the Lord, the invitation of the Lord. Now, it's important to understand that when you're teaching people, when you're trying to reach people, you are extending the invitation of the Lord. Children, when you're teaching people, when you're showing them the scriptures, you are extending the invitation of the Lord. Oftentimes, we say invitation, we think about only the thing that happens uh, after uh, Brother Johnson gets finished uh, preaching. But this invitation of the Lord is an active thing. There's things taking place when uh, His Word is being taught, and here in Acts chapter 26, we're here and we're looking at Paul, and Paul before King Agrippa. And he begins telling him about how he saw Jesus. King Agrippa was not a Christian. He was was a sinner. He was not saved. Why was King Agrippa a sinner? Why was King Agrippa not saved? Because he had not obeyed the gospel. Because because he was not in the body of Christ, that church of Christ. He, He was not in Christ. He had not been baptized into Christ. And he was not faithful to Christ. He was an alien sinner, right? But he liked to hear Paul preach. Now, again, you can like to hear preaching, you can like to do some studying, but even by doing that, you can still be lost, right? It doesn't make a difference until you change your status from sinner to saved. But you can't get from sinner to saved until you cross over, cross through that water. Right? Because you have to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Be baptized to have your sins washed away. Be baptized in order to be redeemed from sin. All those things must happen. If you, don't, if you don't do that, then you don't cross from sinner to saint. You're still a sinner. Right? So then we pick up reading here in Acts 26. And we'll start reading there in verse uh, 16. And, and, and the Bible says here. Uh, 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 And I'm starting at verse 15 I said Lord who are you This is Paul talking about when Jesus Stopped him on the road to Damascus Uh, The Lord said I am Jesus I am the one you are persecuting Now we learned this morning That the only one that can save Is who? Jesus Mm -hmm. Jesus is the only one that can save And it's only in his name Can salvation be found Acts 4 verse 12 so then we come here and it he says, uh, verse 16, stand up. I have chosen you to be my servant. You will tell people about me and what you have seen today, and I will show you this is why I have come to you. Now, if you remember there, over in, earlier in the book of Acts, that, 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 that Saul had, Jesus had come to Saul on the road to Damascus in a bright light and it blinded Saul. And he told Saul to go down to the street called Straight and wait. And down at the street called Straight, we know, Paul, we know Saul was blind, he was on his knees, and he was brave. He was, in a, he was in a ready state to receive the power of God's word. We know that Jesus had chosen Saul, who would become Paul, to be his, uh, to be his ambassador, his evangelist to the Gentiles. Right, So when we talk about the invitation of the Lord, uh, Paul was talking about how he uh, assisted, was invited, how he was invited to come to the Lord. And see, now the Lord's invitation is central to, God, uh, to gospel preaching. If somebody's going to call themselves a gospel preacher, they better have the gospel at the center of their preaching, or else what are they preaching for? Right, and you see there in Acts two thirty-seven, uh, two thirty-seven through forty, Acts three seventeen through nineteen, and verse twenty-six, Acts eight uh, thirty-five through thirty-eight. You know what, Cheyenne? We probably need to read one of these so folks don't think you make yourself up. So let's go to Acts chapter three. We pick up there in verse seventeen, uh, verse seventeen to nineteen, and then verse twenty-six, so people know what we're talking about here. Now you over there, in Acts chapter three. Acts chapter 3. Go here and read verse 17 through 19. And now, brethren,
1: I watch that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he had so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Hold it right there.
0: Now, he's talking to them. He's saying, listen, 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 listen. He said there was a time when God allowed some things, right, when he saw some things, but he extended patience. He was kind. But now as he sent the prophets, now he sent the prophets to let you know that what you were doing what wasn't a part of God's will. It wasn't in God's will. He sent the prophets to priests to let you know that you're in sin. So when teachers come to teach, Christians come to teach, we're supposed to point out what God says. And when we point it out, we point out the problem of sin in the lives of those who we talk to. And see, when we're, when we're teaching truth now, when you teach Bible, if you tell your mother Aniah, if you tell your brother Aniah, when you're telling them Guess what? The Holy Spirit is working through you. He's inviting them as you teach. Yes, Pam, when you talk to your brother, see, God is using the Holy Spirit to convict his heart and invite him to him. No man can come to God unless he draws him. And how does he draw him? Through the preaching of his gospel. So when you start to teach people that sincere word, then something happens. Their hearts get pricked, and they start to look at themselves, and they wonder. Their hearts start to soften up. You know how like you, how people used to tenderize meat? Y'all remember that? You used to get out the hammer and you know, beat it up, put all the holes in it, so it would be nice and softened. Fall off the bone. Yeah! So the thing is, when you preach the word and you preach it right, it's going to beat that heart up. It's tenderizing it. You don't see what I'm saying? Because when God sent John the Baptist first, right, who was John the Baptist? The forerunner of Christ Jesus. It said his preaching will level the mountains that are before you. Those mountains are metaphorical. What those mountains mean, that's the pride and the arrogance of man, that his preaching would go forth and cut those mountains down to prevail, to prepare the way for the preaching of the gospel, which was going to come from Jesus Christ. That makes sense? So he was going to level it and get them ready. And those who were ready to hear, they had to make a choice whether to hear it, receive it, embrace it, and obey it. All right? So look at uh, verse 26. Go ahead and read that for me. Unto
1: you, first God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, and turning away every one of you from his iniquity.
0: See that? Right there? You want to underline that? That's the gospel right there. Having sent his son, resurrected him from the dead, that's the power of the gospel. It is is central to preaching. And you can go and hear somebody preach and they can preach all day about the prophetic utterance and and the anointing and all that kind of thing. That's beautiful. But where's the gospel in all of that? Because Romans chapter 1 tells me, around verses uh, 14 through 16, that in the gospel is God's power to save. So you can tell me anointing, you can give me prosperity preaching, you can tell me how to get money by giving money, you can tell me how to do all these things, how to plant a seed, how to plant that seed and plant in the pasture and all that kind of stuff. You can tell me that all day. But without the gospel, it's not true preaching, it's just talking about it. So you've got to see that, right? So gospel preaching, the Lord's invitation is central to gospel preaching. That's why we have that. What did he say there? And act, oh, he said, that, how can they hear without a preacher? you got to have a preacher because the preacher is the groups He comes and he he announces what the, what the Father wants his people to hear. And I need you all to understand that this is not, you're not in a passive situation. Because don't you know that when you pray, that when you pray, every prayer that you utter, you know God hears those prayers. And then what God does then, he writes a prescription for all the prayers and the ills that he hears from his people. He hears their ills, he hears their wills, and then he writes a prescription, and then he puts it in a lesson, and he sends it down to them through his preacher. Now, sometimes you might say, I don't see how this message has anything to do with me. Well, see, the thing is, see, it either has something to do with where you came from, where you are, or where you're about to go. And it's going to apply to something in there. So you've got to know, because you might be getting ready to teach somebody, getting ready to reach somebody, and you've got to know how this invitation works. You've got to be able to show them in the Bible how this conversion takes place, right? And so... It must be central to the preaching and teaching of the gospel. You see there, here's your examples, right? So now we go back to Acts chapter 26. And then it says here, uh, pick up, it says, he told Saul to stand up. I have chosen you to be my servant. When he struck him blind, he said, stand up. I got something for you to do. See, the funny thing is, you won't find out what God wants you to do until you find the flow. Until you find the floor, until you find some humility, until you find some honesty, until you find some sincerity, until you you stop trying to see your way and start seeing things his way, you won't find your purpose yet. Remember this morning how we said God allows some stuff to come in your life and bring things to a halt? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, In heaven, in your sister's case, it could have been much worse. Her sister could have been locked away for life because of what she did. But God saw fit to to lessen that sentence. Now, to us, it doesn't make sense. But the master said, I'm not going to lock you away for life. What I'm going to do, I'm not going to allow them to lock you away for that long. I'm going to sit you still, and I'm going to talk to you for just a little while. I'm gonna send some sober words to your ear, to wake you up, to sober you up, to let you know that I have purpose for you, huh? Because when God is inviting, He's not just inviting you to salvation; He's inviting you to a purpose, to His will, huh? And so, then we see this, when we talk about this Lord's uh, invitation it says the Lord's invitation now, it says it must, let me go back. You guys can see Y'all know how I do when I get into my uh, You know, my mind started moving faster and I got to slow down. Look at this. Don't, don't, don't die. Don't laugh. All right. So, the Lord's invitation, don't die. People are still trying to laugh. The Lord's invitation, right? The gospel invitations must continue to be heard. So it's not just going to be heard <coughs> one time, right? When you obey the gospel, right? When you come down to become a Christian, that's not the end of hearing the, the invitation. You gotta keep hearing it. Because he has purpose. So you know why you gotta keep hearing it? Because he's steady calm. And he's steady calling you to a higher purpose. You see that? It says it says that if you have a need Come forward and let it be known. If we can help you in any way, come forward. These scriptures are saying that. He's saying that to his children. Remember, God knows what you stand in need of. Right? And, and, and so then, as he said, he tells us, stand up. I'm sending you. Uh, I, I'm sending you somewhere. Right? And, uh, and, and then he says, I, I have chosen you to be my servant, and you will tell people about me. And what you have seen today and what I will show you. Here's the thing, Brother Johnson, I don't know what to tell my brothers and sisters in there, but I don't know what to tell my mom in there. I, t- I don't know how to tell them about Christ. Look at what he's saying. He said, all you got to do is go to them and tell them about me. That's it. Then tell them also what I've shown you in the work that I've done in your life. Does that make sense? Just show them how your life has changed since you come to Jesus. Show them how your life has changed since you came to Jesus and then tried to walk away from Jesus, but he was kind enough to let you come back. How patient he is, compassionate he is. Just tell them, right? There's power in that. And then, and then he goes on. And then he goes on. And he says, he says you will, you will tell them about me. Now, watch this. And he says, and this is why I have come to you. Verse 17, I will keep you safe from your own people and from the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles, the one I am sending you to. Watch that, y'all. Some of us won't teach, right? Some of us won't teach our own relatives. Some of us won't teach our friends. We're not because we just flat out scared. Huh? But Jesus told Paul, you go ahead on and preach anymore. I'm going to protect you. They might fuss at you, cuss at you, be upset at you, disinvite you from stuff. That's okay. But I'm going to protect you from all of them. They won't do anything that I don't allow them to do. See, see Christians you need to find some strength in that you need to be telling these friends and all that and not be afraid Because just like Jesus told Paul he makes the same promise to you. Yes they might frown they might holler they might scream. that's okay. because remember remember how do you feel when somebody when you when you accidentally uh, step on a nail or a needle goes into your you stay, when you go and get that shot the needle goes in your arm Now that piercing pain you feel right quick. See, the sinner is experiencing that same kind of pain and discomfort when the truth is being taught to them. Huh? You ever been invited somewhere you didn't want to go? I know all you had, right? You don't want to go, but they blow your phone up. They blow your phone up. Are you coming? I'm just checking to see if you're coming. Are you coming? I heard. Are you coming? I texted. Are you coming? I called. Are you coming? I sent an email. Are you coming? I drove past your house. Are you coming? I just need to know if you're coming. You said did not say no, but I'm just checking to see if you changed mind. Are you coming? And see the thing that bothers you, you hate to hear them still saying, "Are you coming?" You know why? Because the more they say, "Are you coming?", it breaks you down. Yeah, you can try to harden your heart if you want to, but the more they do it, it finds that sincere place in you, and that sincere place in you says, Hold it, why aren't I going? Hold it, why won't I go? Yeah. Yeah. See, and see, that's how the sinner when you keep preaching, Jesus is still calling. Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? Agrippa is hearing him say, Are you coming? Are you coming? Are you coming? Until Ripper gets to the point where he says, Look, you're going to have to hush. You're going to have to hush and get out my face. Because you have almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. My sister used to be like that. She still did me like that. I said, I'm not going to. Are you coming? She sent a text. Did you get my text? <laughs> Did you get the text before the text? <laughs> and then I emailed you. I left you a message. Are you coming? Are you going? Oh my God! I literally got to be in the hospital, hooked into stuff. For her to realize, okay, we're not gonna go. <laughs> right. So the thing is, I'm just trying to show you the gospel invitation must continue to be heard. Right. You got to keep preaching it, regardless. Keep telling it. The Lord lives, right? You got to keep that because it's going to make people think, and they don't always want to think. Gospel preaching must be done with urgency. It must be done with clarity, and it must it must be done to call people to obey. Huh? huh? Nico, get that Acts 26, 18 for me. Listen, when you're hearing preaching, right, when you're hearing teaching, right, you make sure that it's being preached with urgency, right? That's why you hear Brother Johnson get excited sometimes. It's just because i got this sense of urgency. been a couple places where I'm preaching. But I remember a brother said to me, I was preaching in, in another uh, city, and it was like, Brother Johnson, act like everything is just so urgent. Well, why isn't it? I only got this moment right now to do something about it. I might not live to the next one. So it might, I might as well be urgent. Right? And so the thing is, preaching. And look, if somebody's sitting there telling you, you'll be all right. I know you got something, I got something, but you'll be all right. Take your time getting through it. Uh, Here's what people start telling you stuff like, you got something, I got something. Well, guess what? It's a process. Take your time. And there's gospel preachers who preach it at y'all. They say, take your time. Take your time. It's a process. It's about as much of a process as you make it. Huh? And they ought to be preaching in a way that's clear so people can understand. Clarity. You know, get the puffing and puffing and doing all that. And people say, oh, he really preaching. You can't understand the word he's saying. Mm-hmm. Get real sing songy and you know, y'all think, oh, here we go. And the Lord said, Hah. it all is plus. <laughs>
1: Jesus,
0: Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. Elliot. What? Ha. Who? Ha. What? Ha. What are you talking about? I need to hear the word and it must be clear. The scriptures must connect. Nothing teaches Bible better than Bible. So you better be able to string the beads together through the scripture. The Holy Spirit already did it. Tune in and follow the path. Right? And so then, and it must go on to obey. Listen, the preaching, when they're preaching, they must always be preaching to you and trying to get you to obey what the Lord is saying. If they're trying to get you to obey what they are saying, get up and leave. I didn't come here to obey you. I came here to hear what the master says and do his will. Not yours. Now I'll listen to the leaders that he's put in place. And as long as they act like he acts and speaks like he speaks, I'll do. But when you want me to step outside and do some other stuff that can't be found in the book, got a problem. All true preaching. Acts twenty six eighteen, what's it say? To open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan.
1: You see it right there? He says, I am sending you to, right? He says, I'm sending you for this reason. You will make them, see, you'll
0: make them able to understand. When you're preaching and when you're teaching, you've got to make sure that the people are able to understand. You can't throw a bunch of 50, 50 cent and dollar 50 cent words at them. Can they understand that? You don't get up there and try to flex your theological and intellectual muscle to make you seem like some super duper scholar. Make sure they can understand it, right? He says, and, 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 and "He said, you will make them able to understand the truth, and they will turn away from darkness to light. They will turn away from the power of Satan, and they will turn to God." You gotta preach repentance, right? You've got to preach in a way that you're gonna turn them back. You gotta turn them back, right? Open their eyes. This is a call to know the truth. The invitation to come to Jesus is to be to be, to, to be saved, is an invitation to come to the knowledge of the truth. What must I know before I obey the gospel? Huh? And, 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 and are you lost in sin? Jesus is Savior. Know this plan of salvation. You need to obey, not after a while. Right now. Hmm? I know this is that plain, simple, old-fashioned teaching and stuff. I, I know. But, you know, we got to go back and make sure we know it so we can share it with others. It's right here. So when you, when you go and teach somebody, the purpose of teaching them and reaching them is to open their eyes. It's a call to know what thus saith the Lord. You got to ask yourself. When I'm listening to that preaching, when I turn on uh, 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 that 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 uh, Word Network and all of that, we need t- Anybody watch the Word Network? I know the Word Network. They got all the boys on there. All the big boys come on the Word Network. So when you turn on that channel and you hear them talking, you got to say, Are they preaching the gospel? Yeah, they might say he did, he died, and, and he rose again. On you how to do exactly what he did. That's what's obeying How do I die? How am I buried? How will I be resurrected? And how will I live like he did? If they don't tell you that, you wasted your time. Right? And, and see, lost in sin, you gotta understand. So when you when you teach, and this is for my teachers too, my teachers and men who are teaching and women who are teaching, you gotta remember when you get up there to teach, you are teaching for the purpose of opening their eyes. And here's what I don't want you to worry about: when you get in that text, you use what's in that text, right? Here, here's the thing: now I can stand here and go straight up every single verse. About this particular topic, right? I could, but then when we get to the other point, see, you don't have to use every single verse on a particular. But you go get key verses to bring out the truth, and then it's the responsibility of those who say they want to grow to go and find the scriptures themselves. You show them where to go, and they get over there. But you don't. You don't have to sit. So, you know, because I, I, I remember uh, somebody used to ask Brother, uh, Brother Huggins, they said, Brother Huggins, why don't you quote more scriptures? Because he would quote certain scriptures. He said, you know, I could stand up here and I could quote scriptures for days if I wanted to. I could. He said, but, 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 but what good would that do, people? When, when I'm flooding them with scripture after scripture after scripture, no, I need to give them the main scripture that points them to the other scriptures so that they can study for themselves. Your quote so I can show you I know. When you need to make sure you know. Now we talked about that this morning, right? Got to walk around make sure we locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. And I have been laugh and laugh. Like, Who the guys know about locked and loaded? Because this morning we talked about this tonight. When have you ever seen on a movie the good guy waiting until he get up on the bad guy to load his gun? No, oh, she's like, that don't make no sense. No, you got to be strapped. You got to be locked and loaded before that. Right? So this is the thing. So, so lost in sin, Jesus is Savior, was a plan of salvation, need the gospel, obey now. Acts 2.36 to 41, 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2. Go over to 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 for me, uh, Nico. Now, now, now also uh, this invitation is that they may turn. So now this is not just a call, uh, a call to come, it's that they may turn from darkness. Second Corinthians, you got it? Six, oh, read, read. For he says, in a acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of
1: salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the second time. Behold,
0: now is the day. See that? See that? So when you've said all those prayers, right, and you've been praying to God and asking God, what must I do? What must I do? And if you come and hear his word, then he lets you know, as you're hearing my word, now is the time to change and obey. Now. Huh? Yes, you might want to stand up and request prayer. Okay, do that. But make sure that it's also the time that you're making changes in your life that reflect the reason why you stood Right, well, You gotta do that. Right? So then it says they may turn uh, the call of conversion from darkness to light. Expose sin and error with light of the gospel. Right? So you bring the, when you bring the gospel, you're gonna shine a light on people's on people's sins and the errors, and people don't like that. But see, you've got to bring it everywhere. Huh? you gotta bring that gospel in, you, you've got to expose some things. Right uh, uh, From the power of Satan to God, the solution to the problem of your sin is Jesus Christ. The answer to every single problem you have is Jesus. Y'all know that? Jesus is the only one who can save. Jesus is the only one who can sound, meaning to bring comfort to a wound. Jesus is the only one. Right? And when you talk to people, that's got to be the answer. I don't know how I'm going to see it. It won't fit either. But I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. Jesus. And I mean, you tell them Jesus, not the other way. I don't know how I'm going to pay these bills. Jesus. No. How I'm going to pay these bills? Jesus. How I'm going to find a job? Jesus. How I'm going to get better than what I've been. My health has been bad? Jesus. How will I stay healthy? Jesus. How will my children come home? Jesus. How will my children find a way? Jesus. How will they get free from jail? Jesus. How will they keep from being in trouble? Jesus. How will I shake this drug habit? Jesus. How will I break this addiction? Jesus. How do I get free? Jesus. Romans chapter 7, 21 through 23. How, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall free me? But the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Huh? What did I tell y'all this morning, you need to tell everybody about what we tell. Them, listen, you come to watch up. We're just a bunch of Jesus followers. Just a bunch of folk who want to follow Jesus. That's it. Don't get no fancier than that. We just want to follow Jesus. And so you see here, you see here from the power of Satan to God. See, Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin are death. So the power of Satan is death. So preaching and teaching is designed to turn them from death, bring them to life. And again, they might fuss at you, might cuss at you, might say all kinds of things. But see, guess what? You love them too much not to tell them about Jesus. I love you too much I have to tell you about Jesus and His power. I got to do it. Hmm? See, when we go traveling, you know, when you go traveling some and you know, you up there with the uh, uh, in-laws and all that, and they all talking about, you know, my son, well, come on, come on you know, we're gonna go over to the family church, but well, no, I cannot do that. <laughs> I cannot and I will not do that. Well, where you gonna go? Better church, cry. I'll be up there. I'll meet y'all to pick me. Huh? I know my family dealing with you jokers. I'm gonna need some strength. (laughs) Let me go over here and worship. Bow down so he can lift me up so I can deal with you, jokers. And I can keep telling you the things that I'm supposed to tell you instead of telling the things that I really want to tell you. I I would rather tell you how to get to heaven rather than how. Well, you know what I'm saying. See, you got to stay in the Lord, right? you got to stay in the Lord. And so I'm trying to turn. You can't, you can't love your mother, your friends any better than to try to get them out of Satan's hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't show them better love than that. So then watch this. See, and now, now, now they turn from God in order to receive forgiveness. Remember this morning, you can't go from sinner to saint without forgiveness of sins, right? And so the reason and the result specifically obey the gospel plan of salvation. See that right there? Hear the gospel. Believe in Jesus. Confess your faith in Jesus. Look at it. Hear the gospel about who? Jesus. Believe in who? Jesus. Confess your faith in who? Jesus. Repent and turn to who? Jesus. Be baptized and added to who? Jesus. And then be raised to live faithfully, being faithful to who? Jesus. Now notice I ain't put no man in there, right? Put no man in there. Right? Because then we come back here. He says, uh, he says here that, uh, that he says, Paul, and he says, now, he says that uh, their sins, uh, let these people know. Their sins can be forgiven, and they can be given a place among God's people. Those who have been made holy by believing in me. You need to underline that because it's only talking about one group of people. The group of people are talking about the church. Being added to the church. God's people. In King James, Uh, you got that over there, Uh, 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 Brother Smith, you got it? 26. And I want you to read uh, uh, verse, I want you to read for me verse 18. open their eyes and you them from darkness. Uh life, and from the power of Satan unto God, and they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which is sanctified by faith as as in Jesus. Sanctify an inheritance. Right? You're going to get an inheritance there. Right? To sanctify, set apart God's people, those who have been made holy, see, we're made holy by trusting Jesus. As long as you trust the world, you can't be holy. When you trust the world, you're going to be worldly. When you trust God, you'll become God. And so, so then you've got to do that, right? Receive forgiveness. You can't do anything without receiving forgiveness. This inheritance. See, the inheritance is the motive to respond. That's it. See, it's the motive to respond. People must hear about the future. Huh? Because there's a lot of people thinking now. That they don't have a future. A lot like, of people think my life is such a mess, it's such a wreck, I can't see getting past this moment right now. Right? But well, see here, see, they got to, there is a future because there's gonna be a resurrection. Right? When you write that letter, they need to nick, you let them know. Listen, one day there's gonna be a resurrection. So I don't forget everything else. Get ready for that great getting up morning. Mm -hmm. Nothing else matters more than getting ready for that great getting up day. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Huh? Heavenly, you Mm understand. And I understand. One day, one day, the mighty trumpet will Mm sound, And at that moment, time will be Mm known. And it's at that moment that Jesus himself will be revealed in the clouds. And he's coming for his people. And his angels, this is in Thessalonians, his angels are going to be repaying everybody with fire who did not obey. But when he appears in the clouds, see the dead in Christ are going to rise. Folks are going to get up out of their graves on that day. See, see, listen, listen. When you listen on the news and they try to scare you with all this nuclear bomb stuff and all that, don't worry about that. Let me something. Don't worry about that. Because, see, man cannot destroy the earth. Only God can destroy the earth. He said it won't be water, but fire next time. And it's going to be his fire, an unquenchable fire that will melt everything here. Won't be nothing left for him to set up an earthly kingdom on. See, that's why... His dead, those who live in the dead in Christ will meet him in the sky. Because he's just showing up to say, come on, it's judgment time. There's going to be personal judgment, right? You've got to let him know that one day, son, you're going to, it's going to be that, that resurrection time. Jesus got up and we're, going to be, and we're going to be judged personally. Each one of us is going to be judged for everything we said and everything we did. Every thought we had, we're going to be judged, Right? And everybody stand before the judgment seat, and your eternal destiny, heaven or hell. And I already admitted this morning that this was not the best marketing strategy, but hey, you want to please God rather than men, right? So, so, and then Christians have a living hope and eternal inheritance. That's what you keep writing. That's what you write your brother, Cheyenne. That's what you write him. You say you you still, Sister Wilson. That's what you write your. That's what you write, Christian. You tell him that one day you still, as long as you're covered by the blood of Christ, you have an inheritance that nobody can take away.
1: Amen.
0: And it's all right if you're sitting in jail and you haven't obeyed. All you got to do is make a phone call, and it'll be make it'll happen. Listen, if it can happen for Jeffrey
1: Dahmer.
0: Uh, Be careful now, because Jeffrey Dahmer is no worse than you are. He just did different things. Yeah, he was a cannibal. Yeah, he ate. Yeah, he ate. He did all that right. But some lady who was a member of the Lord's body, a Christian woman, looked at the TV and said, that child needs Jesus the rest of us was sitting back cursing that man and saying all kind of foul things about him, she sat back and said, that child needs Jesus. huh?" Right? So she found out where he was and sent him and, and, and sent him some Bible correspondence courses. She went and called up the preacher and said, I've sent him something. Can you continue this with him? The preacher went up there and kept studying with him. Studied, and did. Jeffrey said, no more, no more. What must I do to be saved? And he was baptized for the forgiveness of his sin. Every single sin you see in the newspaper and on the news, every one of those sins, God washed them away. And when he came up out of that water, he was just as much a son of God as you and I. He was added to the body, and now, now he was known. As brother, Jeffrey died. Now I don't know God's will, but maybe God knew something for something that he maybe he knew something in Jeffrey. Because Jeffrey didn't live much longer after he obeyed. He was murdered in his sin. It comes to show that sins, your sins unresolved, will we'll find you out consequences, but maybe God knew something and let Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you did what you needed to do, now come on. See that? So it doesn't matter. You keep keep preaching, you keep teaching. Christians must have a living hope. You have a living hope, like I told you this morning. It doesn't matter how sick you get, how anything you get, you still have hope. That's why Christians are not allowed to commit suicide. You can't commit suicide. Because you have too much hope. It doesn't matter if you can't see it, you still got it. And I'm not talking about, it. see, some of us try to do it the quick way, right, Brother Broome? But some of us, Brother Broome, will commit slow suicide. Huh? And let me tell you what slow suicide would be. Slow suicide would be this, Brother Broome. If not all the rules that they've given me to take care of, of my heart and my congestive heart failure. They've given me a diet. They've given me restrictions, right? But what if at some point I just got so frustrated and so tired of these rules? You said, I don't even know. I'm sick of this. And then I just started eating stuff. I didn't have a good Huh? And eating that stuff, all that fluid building up on my heart. And it's pressing me down. It's suffocating me. I'm killing myself slow because I decided that I had no more hope.
1: God didn't say
0: that. So it doesn't matter how you feel on that particular day. It does, you might think if you're at the end, I and mean, you may think you have no more hope, but God says different. And if you just like, hold on for just a while longer. Do I have any people who had to hold on for just a while longer? Do I have anybody? who had to hold on for a little while, Gordy. I know you had to hold on for a little while. I can't believe it. <laughs> when he didn't even know his own name and he was laid down there in a coma, God allowed him to hold on Amen. for just a little while longer. Don't let the things around you disparage you or discourage you. You just hold on. Hold on. I know, I know Satan is shaking you like a dog shakes a, 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 a rag doll. And you just hold on, joy cometh in the morning. Weeping, they say, endureth for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And see that weeping isn't always just one day. That weeping might be for a couple weeks or months, but when the weeping is over, joy. comes. anymore. see that, that's what Jesus. That's what when you that's what you invite people to. That joy. Huh? Does that make sense to anybody? Come, and, 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 and then we go on here, and it says here, see, it's a call to sanctification by faith in Christ, to obtain a life from the death of sin by faith in Christ Jesus, by trusting Christ Jesus. The call to holy living, the responsibility after conversion, take the yoke of Christ on So you didn't just come up and you stand there, you come up and you start walking. We talked about the about, about about the oxen and the yoke. You know when Jesus said, "Come to me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Huh? Huh? Uh, you know, He says, "I'm, I'm mean, and I'm going at hard." Huh? Then He talks about that yoke. But understand, it's about the yoke, y'all. And, and, and I'm about to let He get it to you. Heads getting heavy, folks gonna start nine. That one gives get back, mouth but still we'll doing her best. So the point is, but the, but the point is now, the point is, see, when you put on that yoke now, the uh say, he crazy. well, I'm just telling the truth. So the thing is, that yoke, see, that yoke, see, when the farmers would put yoke, the yokes on the oxen, they never would mismatch the yoke. Because every yoke was, 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 was suited and tailored to each individual ox. Right? So look, I can't take your yoke and put it on Aniah. It won't fit. I can't take yours and put it on heaven. It won't fit. Jesus custom makes your yoke. And that yoke is based on your life, what you've been through, and what the Lord knows you've got to come through, and where you've got to go. He will tailor-make your yoke so that the burden will be light. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy living is not difficult. It just causes us to do stuff we don't want to do. But doing the stuff makes us better. Makes us better. Right? And you know what, I need you to see your soul and this inheritance. I want you to see, place the same value you would place on a million. If somebody said, you know what, I'm gonna say something in 30 seconds. And whoever hears what I say, will get a million dollars." You will hear a silence in you you've never heard. You will hear a definite silence. Silence that'll hurt your ears. And if somebody dare talk, somebody might be shot. <laughs> Shut up! It's funny! But why can't you look at salvation that way? Shut up! Be quiet, stop talking! I'm trying to get the, the words of eternal life! Amen. I'm trying to get my instructions Children, that's why they take you to hush and worship. So people can hear the instructions for eternal life. Huh? That's why we ain't got to, have a whole bunch of time running around shouting, whooping, and all that kind of stuff. Huh? And if you read the Bible, anytime somebody saw the glory of God, what did it? Be? When they saw the glory, you read the act in Isaiah 6, verse 8. When they were before the glory of God, they didn't say, hallelujah. They didn't do that. They didn't say, praise God. Let the anointing be released. No, they didn't do any of that. No, no, no. What they did was they fell as if they were dead. Isaiah said, who am I to talk? I am one of unclean lips among a people who are unclean. Let me shout listen. And when he got quiet and listened, don't he, hear? he heard that conversation between the Godhead. And the Godhead said, who will go for us? Who shall we send? And that's when he said, Justin's favorite line, here am I, send me. Lord, here am I, send me. We are not have to look for nobody else. Send me. I'm ready to go. Right? Right, right? And so, so, see, Christianity is a sacrificial, obedient way of life. Y'all see that? It is sacrificial. It is obedient. It is a way of life. It's not just what we do on Sunday and Wednesday. It's a way of life. So, see, remember that night when I said you're going to become a Christian? Remember what I said? I told you. I said, listen, this is on you now, and you've got to make sure that even if Sister Sequoia isn't here, you've got to pick up the phone. You've got to let people know because you've got to take care of your soul because you promised Jesus that you'd be there. And guess what? When you pick up that phone and call somebody, the answer is not going to be they're going to make it their business to come get you, because your soul is just that important. Huh? Right? Right? And, 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 and so we see there that the Lord's invitation, this gospel preaching, gospel, gospel-based invitation to send them to deal with their problem, which is sin, to give them the solution, which is Christ, and to tell them what their duty is, and their duty is to obey. See, the problem with Agrippa was, see, Agrippa, he didn't think he had the same problem. But the longer he listened to Paul, he was going to find out he had the same problem. Right? Mm-hmm. See, the longer they, y- y'all, those people, you know, when you used to talk about that old nonsense, y'all could talk all day, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, as my mama never said, y'all sit around and chew the fat all day long. But see, when you start talking about some meaty things, when you start getting on some protein, all of a sudden people are like, I don't know, I want to have that kind of conversation. Because they are going to to try to find out they got a problem. And when you find out you got a problem, you want a solution. And they say, hold oh, no, up now, what you're saying, it sounds like there's only one solution. But if I got to go to that solution, that's going to change my way of life and thinking. You better believe it. It's going to show you that your duty as the wisest, richest man ever said. See, I don't have to read rich man, poor man. Y'all heard of that book? Some people treat that book like it's their financial body. Huh? I ain't got to go to rich man. I know somebody who was richer than him. And his name was Solomon. Huh? I don't need any of these modern-day financial gurus. I know somebody who had more money than them 10 times, 1,000 times over. And that, that man was rich in knowledge, rich in wisdom, and rich in material things. It said the Queen of the South came all the way because hearing about it wasn't enough. She said, no, 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 I got to get on hold. I got to go see this. And she got on a boat, came all the way across the ocean just to see him with her own eyes and hear him. See, when you get to preaching, right? When you get to teaching, folk, right? See, sometimes we get to talking. Well, people ain't going to do all that. See, we get these naysayers. People ain't going to come on this day. People ain't going to come on that day. But well, you be quiet. You are the one who ain't going to come on that day. But when you start giving folks something that's changing their life and good to them, they'll be the path. They said that Jake thing, they said he had folks from 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 twenty different countries come to that festival. Countries, so people can come from countries to listen to that. They can't come across town a few streets to hear the gospel, huh? I'm just asking. See, and, and the richest man ever said this. He said. See, and the final analysis, when it's all said and done, the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. And you know what? If you respect God and keep his commandments, he'll take care of all of us. And that's right. So when you teach it, the invitation, when you give it to people, you got to know what's taking place there. And he said, Paul continues speaking. He continues speaking. Can you imagine him talking and King Agrippa starting to ride around in his seat? You ever talk to somebody like that? And, they, and you see in their eyes they start to get the point you're getting to. They're like, hold on. And they start getting that look like, is you saying what and then and they said, and he said, Paul, particularly speaking, King of Gripple after that had this vision from heaven, and, and I obeyed it, and I began telling people to change their hearts and lives and turn back to God, and I told them to do what, uh, what would show that they had really changed. I went first to the people of Damascus, then I went to Jerusalem, and then I went to every part of Judea and told the people there. I also went to the non-Jewish people. This is why the Jews grabbed me and are trying to kill me at the temple. But God helped me, and he is still helping me today. With God's help, I am standing here today telling all the people that I have seen what I have seen. But I am saying nothing new. I'm saying only what Moses and the prophets said would happen. They said that the Christ would die and be the first to rise from the dead. They said that he would bring the light of God's saving truth to the Jewish people and to the non-Jewish people. You see that? Notice what Paul said. I ain't saying nothing new. Guess what? If somebody comes to you with a new revelation, they are lying. Jude said that it was delivered once and for all. The faith was delivered once and for all. So they said, the Lord has placed this upon my heart to prophetically share this with you. I have a, I have a prophetic message to share with you Brother Smith. A prophetic. I just had this visit, and I got a prophetic message to share with you. You want me to tell you? All right, like, you want me to tell you the message? Do you want to hear the message? Do it, Okay, I'm going to get you. want to hear the message? This is a soul-changing message. Five dollars for it. I didn't take the thing. How can it be that urgent if you got to pay for it first? Huh? Yeah, you got to be better than that. You got to be better than that. See those charlatans and call them what they are. And give them no other time. They come to you with some other doctrine. Send them on their We're talking about the invitation makes sense. Does mm-hmm. that make sense to But in the invitations that God has been calling this whole time as I've been preaching. And he's been calling all of those who stand in need to pray. Or who would wish to become a Christian, but come on and you give your life to Christ. You give your life to Christ by obeying the plan of salvation that hearing, believing, repenting or, uh, hearing, believing, repenting uh, and then confessing, and being baptized in the mission of sin, being raised to walk in the newness of life. And be faithful unto that. If you want to become a Christian, come on. If you want to change from sinner to saint, come on for the water. If saints are in here and they've been doing more ain't than saint, then listen, you need to repent of that. God is He's, 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 he's willing to forgive. He'll forgive you and put you back on the right track and wash with the blood of his son. If you stand if you stand something to the Savior's
1: invitation, please come on.